This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. With the Iowa caucuses kicking off on Monday night, election season is officially here. Candidates will now take their stump speeches to New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. And the whole time, they'll also be campaigning somewhere else. On Facebook. While Facebook is a big part of modern campaigning, it's also an incredibly divisive topic for Democrats. They have incredible power over the economy, over the political life of this country in a very dangerous sense. For too long, the big tech companies have been telling you, don't worry, we've got your back. While your identities are being stolen and your data is being mined. We need to enforce our antitrust laws, break up these giant companies that are dominating big tech, big pharma. Democratic candidates are slamming Facebook, but they also need Facebook. And that's leading to discomfort within the party about using the platform in 2020. There's a lot of Democrats who think, let's not avoid Facebook because we don't like the company writ large. And, you know, there's some others that just feel uneasy about allowing a company that makes decisions that repeatedly that they disagree with. They feel very uneasy about handing the money. Today on the show, Democrats' relationship with Facebook hits its lowest point, and why that's leading to fears that Democrats could miss their opportunity in 2020. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Monday, February 3rd. There's one candidate for president in particular who exemplifies Democrats' fraught relationship with Facebook. Elizabeth Warren has criticized Facebook at a number of different turns. Deepa Sitha Raman covers tech. You know, she thinks the company should be broken up. She thinks that it's not a responsible steward of our democracy. She's criticized Mark Zuckerberg in very personal terms. It's clear to me what we need is a president with the courage to enforce the antitrust laws. Break them up. And yes, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm looking at you. Even on her website, if you donate, you're asked to certify that you're not an executive at a big tech company. She has said she doesn't want money from Facebook executives, and she would return that money. How much has she spent on Facebook? Over $6 million since the beginning of January 2019. There you go. That sort of embodies that tension, right, where she is one of the most vocal critics on the, on the campaign trail against Facebook. But she spends millions of dollars on Facebook because it is such an effective way to reach people. It's not just Warren who has to navigate this tension. Bernie Sanders also has spent millions on the platform, and it goes even wider. Deepa and her colleagues spoke to more than a dozen Democratic political operatives, campaign officials, and progressive leaders who all say the relationship between Democrats and Facebook is at an all-time low. Ultimately, 
Democrats will have to make a decision as to whether their antipathy for Facebook outweighs their desire to win in 2020. But this antipathy between Democrats and the world's biggest social media platform is relatively new. Going back to the 2008 election, Democrats had a pretty close relationship with Facebook. Facebook employees went to go work for Obama or campaign for Obama. Obama used Facebook to great effect in 2008 and 2012. And at the time, that was hailed as this big, innovative thing, you know, that he was able to use a tool to reach young people, to reach young voters. And it was seen as new and exciting and interesting. It wasn't just Democrats who were excited by how Obama had used Facebook. Facebook was excited, too. The company wanted to deepen its connection with political campaigns to make Facebook the place where politics happen in America. And so when 2016 is coming around, the company is very keen to get involved in politics. They want to be helping campaigns. You know, they see it as good for their brand. And so one of their most controversial initiatives was offering to embed Facebook employees in both campaigns. Facebook offered the Trump and Clinton campaigns an employee someone who would work inside the campaign and be a resource for how to use Facebook more effectively. Our understanding is that the Trump campaign got an embed and the Clinton campaign was offered something similar and they rejected the idea. They took some Facebook help, but not a Facebook staffer who was in the room all the time trying to promote Facebook products. Why did Clinton's campaign reject an embed? They felt like they had it. They had uh, a lot of people, a lot of smart people working on this. They thought they had a good media strategy. They felt like they didn't need a Facebook staffer in the room constantly pushing them ads and selling products. You know, they thought they had a good sound strategy. That's based on what we and others have reported about the mentality of the campaign. Trump campaign, as it's been described to us, was very different. It was strapped for resources. It needed all the help it could get. So when it invited the Facebook employees to kind of help with strategy, they were really used. What do you mean by used? Like, how were they used? What role did this Facebook embed play in the Trump campaign? You know, we profiled the Facebook employee, a guy named James Barnes. And what James told me was pretty interesting. He said, he came in there and they asked him a lot of questions. Like, what's possible? How would you try to reach this audience? Or what's a good strategy for getting this message out there? And what James had advised them to do and what he helped them do was target and do repetition. And so they would do tens of thousands of versions of different ads, you know, sort of the same ad, same core message, but different things like the different color button or different size font in the picture, different pictures all together. And then you put them out there, see what works best on Facebook, and then double down on what does. This strategy worked. According to the Facebook embed, every dollar that the Trump campaign spent on Facebook ads attracted 2 to $3 in contributions. Even Facebook was impressed. After the election, the company studied what the Trump campaign had done to figure out how it had worked so well. It's sort of ironic that the Democrats had this close historical relationship with Facebook and then didn't use them in 2016, and Trump did to great effect. So it seems like the Democrats really missed an opportunity. That's a feeling both, you know, inside 
the party, you know, from people I talk to, there's a feeling that that was part of the problem. And I think, you know, a lot of Facebook employees think the same thing. There's a lot of, why did Hillary, why didn't she use our platform the way that Trump did? You know, she would have won. Democrats had to admit they had fumbled on Facebook in 2016. And an obvious solution moving forward would be to embrace the platform. But that would prove to be complicated. So after the 2016 election, can you sum up the last four years of the Democrats' relationship with Facebook? <laughs> Fraught? Is that, yeah, like one word, it's fraught. It's, it's interesting because you kind of have to think about Facebook as two different entities. You got to think about Facebook, the platform, the advertising giant that can send ads to millions of people in a couple of seconds, which is a vital artery for reaching voters in 2020. But then there's this other part of Facebook, which is the company and the executives who run it. And since the 2016 election, Democrats have found a lot of reasons to be angry at Facebook, the company. You know, I think the 2016 election happened and suddenly there were a lot of Democrats who started to think, hey, hang on, did Facebook do this? Is this is Facebook actually a good thing for democracy? A few things over the past couple years have prompted those questions from Democrats. First, there were allegations of Russian interference in the 2016 election, especially on Facebook. And a report by special counsel Robert Mueller concluded that those efforts were almost always supportive of Donald Trump. During this time, Facebook said it would work to fight misinformation on its platform. But Russian interference wasn't the only reason Democrats got angry. Cambridge Analytica was able to tap into millions of user profiles without their permission. The next time it kicks up a notch is around Cambridge Analytica, which showed again that Facebook wasn't a good steward of user data. And there raised a lot of questions about whether Facebook data was improperly purchased to help the Trump campaign. And then last year, there was another flashpoint when a video surfaced on Facebook. It's Nancy Pelosi, and it's been altered. So it looks like she's drunk. It's, you know, she's got slurred speech. And it's circulating on Facebook, and it gets mainstream media attention. And so that sparks a big uproar among Democrats. And they call for Facebook to remove the video. You know, this is clear misinformation. You guys should take it down because it's harmful to political discourse. And you guys say that you take it seriously, that you want to minimize misinformation on the platform. So, so, so do it. And, you know, Facebook is debating it internally. Our understanding from sources is that they were pretty divided on the issue. But they ultimately fall back on the stance that, you know, we, Facebook, shouldn't be the arbiter of truth. That Pelosi video came out in mid-2019, just as the 2020 presidential campaign was ramping up. And Democrats demanded answers from Facebook about how it would combat misinformation on its platform. In September, Facebook would make an announcement that would only make Democrats angrier. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights. Bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference. KPMG, make the difference. Welcome back. With 2020 just around the corner, Democrats wanted to know how Facebook planned to combat political misinformation. And in September, Facebook executive Nick Clegg unveiled a new policy about political speech. He says that Facebook won't be fact-checking ads or organic content from politicians. What they're saying here is that there's a different standard. Politicians are a separate class of users, and they can say whatever they want. And they can not only say whatever they want, they can boost it. They can put money behind it, and they can spread their message that way. And this policy from Facebook was put to the test pretty quickly. So in October, Facebook allows this ad to be run by Trump's re-election campaign that includes this claim that Biden had a role in the ouster of a Ukrainian prosecutor. Biden's campaign says the ad is totally false and sends a letter to Facebook basically telling them, you know, you got to take this down. This is this is false. And Facebook responds a few days later to say, well, we think it's important for campaigns to have a voice and for your regular person to see exactly what politicians are saying on the platform and give them the chance to vet the claim. And how do Democrats feel about this policy? Democrats see this as as hypocritical. You know, you told us you were serious about misinformation and here you are not only allowing politicians to share misinformation, but also you will profit from it. You will make money from it. But also Democrats believe that that kind of policy benefits one party disproportionately more than the other. And that's the Republicans and Donald Trump, who they say lies a lot in his ads. And so there is a a tension which can't be resolved, isn't being resolved. Which is why so many Democratic campaign officials and strategists have been telling Deepa there's never been a worse point in the relationship between Facebook and the Democrats. Republicans, for their part, are happy with this new policy from Facebook. They reject that they spread lies in their ads, and they think what Democrats want is problematic. Republicans, they say, what are the Democrats doing trying to get Facebook involved in mitigating and making these calls? Are we really going to ask a private company to fact-check politics? It's seen as sort of a reach. Facebook says it's in an awkward position. Democrats want it to fight misinformation. But conservatives argue that fact-checking by the company could be biased and unfairly limit their speech. Facebook says it's committed to communicating clearly about the decisions it makes. One of those decisions is no Facebook employees embedded in campaigns this year. What is the fundamental question facing Democrats in this election when it comes to Facebook? Well, do you want to win? And do you think that Facebook will help you? Overall, Democrats are spending money on Facebook this year. But they face an uphill battle against Republicans. What's Trump's Facebook strategy going to be in 2020? 
So far, all signs point to as aggressive, maybe even more aggressive than in 2016. You know, he is still, he's spent over $22 million on Facebook ads just from his own campaign page alone. Just this is according to the Facebook data. And he, you know, he has just churning out ads all the time. You know, he's very, very active and he's he's not letting up. Trump never stopped campaigning on Facebook. Ever since he took office, his team's kept up a steady stream of Facebook ads targeted at followers, and they've continued experimenting. Some of the Trump team's ads respond to news events like the Mueller report or impeachment. Others sell merch or ask supporters to sign a petition or vote in a poll. They've even tried ads featuring cute animals. The Trump campaign uses Facebook to try to gather more information about his supporters. It kind of demonstrates how he's just gathering more information, but at every turn, he's also responding to events in the news through Facebook, rapidly, in real time. That puts Democrats at a disadvantage. But ignoring Facebook is not an option in the 2020 election. There are a lot of people who just think that would be malpractice. There are a lot of Democrats who think you can't ignore Facebook. You can criticize Facebook. But to ignore Facebook altogether would mean handing over the election to Donald Trump. And so that just might mean spending millions of dollars with a company that Democrats think is fundamentally bad for the party. That's all for today, Monday, February 3rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.